Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Cult Faves. I'm Cher. And I'm Gwenda. And you can't hear him or see him, but Grover is here, too, because he's helping, apparently, record. Grover, now. the official cult, cult Faves mascot. I know. Grover the <laughs> he's dog. He's very, very interested in what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Even though he can't hear it. Right. He, he senses knows. it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh how was your how was your week? I don't know. I just it's like so we do this thing at work. We have um every year for Halloween they do a cube crawl where you like break into teams and then your team sets up like a station. We take up two floors because it's USA and sci-fi. And like you have themes and then like other people walk through, you know, and come check out and everybody dresses up. And then, like, every station or, like, team, um, they have, like, snacks and alcohol at their station. So everyone gets drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it's funny because the day of the cube crawl, everyone pretends they're working for the first few hours. And they wait till, like, around lunchtime to actually start setting up and putting everything up. Uh People go, like, all out. Oh, sure. And, like, on one hand, I'm like, oh, it's cute. On the other hand, I'm like, No. I mean, there's kind of an office-like thing, right, where it's, it's, it is fun, and you don't right. want to be like the office Grinch. But then on right. the other hand, there's something so sad about, like, yeah. trying to make an office seem fun. I mean, and to be fair, <laughs> our office culture is sure. very laid back and chill. Sure. Know, it's, not, it's not like we, like, work for NASA. Like, well, I mean, so we, do, we had something similar to this at the cabinet for health and family services where I used to work. And, and there were lots of things like talent shows and, um, Oh my God, I would never. Oh, oh my God. Well, I would never, but we loved watching them, you know? Yeah. So they, so this was the cube crawl was on Thursday and I just, I am not in the mood. I'm not in, yeah. I'm not in a festive mood right now. So I like did the courtesy lap and like checked out like some of the stuff. And then I dipped out and came home and then that's it. <laughs> that was that was a big highlight to my week. I'm kind of a little bit of a like I'm really trying hard not yeah. to be like a bummer. But so Fridays I have Fridays off through the end of the year because I have to use all my vacation days up before I have to use a certain amount. I can only carry over five. So um, which I'm call it. So I came home, like I ran up errand on Friday and I come home and there's a box at my door from Etsy. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Mm. And I open it up and a bunch of my writers chipped in and they had a painting of my dogs. I commission. saw it on Instagram. It's yeah. so adorable. I teared up. That was so it's, sweet. It was, I was, I was hysterical oh, I bet. when I opened it. And I was like so overcome with emotion, but then I was like, gr- I was feeling like grief and also gratitude at the same time. It's very fucking weird. And then like one of my other writers during the week had texted me because she asked a friend of hers to do a drawing of the dogs. Aww. And it's like an outline of them. And it's so cute. So I'm going to get that printed out and framed and I'm going to put the painting like right underneath it. Oh, that's so nice. I know. Some, there's going to be puggle stuff everywhere. Hi, what are you doing? <laughs> Uh, we love you too. Typing. <laughs> What's your week? Reverse like? typing. Um, yeah. what was my week like? We got the house cleaned. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't That's run right. screaming. Uh, I was actually getting my hair done while they were here, so it was Christopher and um, and it was like two ladies, 
and one of them was kind of like uh, what we would say here from the mountains. So like very thick accent, like much thicker than mine. Um, and he was he's researching um, a story that he's writing has um, a moonshiner in it. And so he was reading a book about the history of moonshine. And she asks, like, well, what are you reading? And he tells her and she says, you don't need to read a book about moonshine. You just ask me about moonshine. <laughs> Oh my god, that's amazing. So, uh, yeah, so that was great. And they like vacuumed up like 22 inches of dog hair, <laughs> like from beneath couches and stuff. So, oh you know, we're living the good life now. It's just stacks of books, but there's no stacks of hair. Um, that's good. <laughs> we can have people over. <laughs> Are you gonna have them like come more often? Maybe. I mean, we need to get Sally more used to having like mm. having people around um but you know also shut-ins i'm always all about someone coming here instead of me having to go somewhere else oh yeah like that's like my main reason well (laughs) aside from the fact that i hate where i live but i'm always like oh i can't wait to have a place where i can just have people come over because it's like yeah i feel like i'll have more of a social life yeah because i'll make people come over sure right now like i don't want anybody coming over here because i hate no, where I live. Can you I stop mean, trying to hit the keyboard? The problem know? is like the problem is planning to see people in advance is always very fraught for us introverts because nine times out of ten, by the time the day rolls around, you're like, oh, I don't feel like people today. <laughs> so it, the the trick is to like I've I've discovered is to make the plans as last minute as possible. <laughs> so you know that you for sure want people to want to hang out with people. Yeah. But maybe that's just me. We were we went to our gaming night last night at our friends who have a banner, um, which I think is a parks and rec thing that mm-hmm. is uh, let's stay home over there, over their door. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Is it? I don't know. It should be if it's not. I couldn't remember. But at any rate, we do go there and they have very fluffy cats and a dog. So that's pretty much it. And then I had to write a feature article. So I've been reading lots of thrillers and having nightmares about getting framed for murder and that sort of thing. Oh, well, that's totally normal. It is totally normal. I'm going to read some like fluffy picture books or something now to like cleanse my brain. But that's it. So I have a question pertinent to today's topic, um, which is, have you ever been to see a psychic? I think you told us you have, right? No, I have. I don't actually. I've never gone to a psychic because oh, I think psychics are bullshit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I've had my chart done, and this was years and years and years and years and years ago. Like I was literally like twenty-one when this happened, um, maybe twenty. And I had um, for like five minutes, I worked in like an office mm-hmm. <laughs> as a. I guess I was like an office assistant or receptionist, whatever, but it was for like one of those bullshit uh, modeling agencies Ooh. that, and I like learned very quickly that this was bullshit. <laughs> um, but one of the guys that worked with me in the office was a Wiccan and he was like super into Renfair and all that stuff. So he, he and his brother did my chart and it was like, a five page it was like printed out and it was like the old school uh-huh. computer paper they had to rip the sides Dot matrix like yeah yeah oh wow yeah so they did uh they did my chart and i just remember thinking like i'm not gonna read all this <laughs> well, do you remember it- was there any was there a revelation in the chart no i've never really Nothing, understood i don't remember all that. anything and then like 
I think I went once to a couple of years ago at a Ren Fair. You know how they have like people doing readings and stuff uh-huh. like that? And there was this flamboyantly gay tarot card reader that was like, he was like half in drag. And I was like, not full drag. It was like half drag. And I was like, I am a thousand percent having him do my fucking tarot card. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah. That was, that's the extent of it. I have friends that are super into psychics that go to psychics that like legit believe them. Yeah. I don't buy into it. And Me I try either. not to. It's weird. And if anyone else out there experiences this or whatever, like I, I'm interested to hear about it, but it's very hard. At least I find it. I don't want to shit on people and make them feel bad for going to a psychic because I do have a, a quite a couple friends, like very close friends that that do. And I want them to feel like they can talk to me about like that experience. And mm-hmm. but also <laughs> it's like I just it's such bullshit and it's not real. And they're getting fucking bilked for money. And yeah. I don't it's like it's this weird feeling of like you want to kind of warn your friend or be like, yo, you realize this person's fucking manipulating you, you know? Yeah. But then also not wanting to shit on them because they earnestly like obviously something in their life has brought them to want to go consult someone you know i think there's definitely a spectrum too right like you have your you have your super predatory types which we will be talking about but then you have you know people who are more like life coaches really right that are just sort of listening and giving advice you know maybe some light here put these herbs in your tea or whatever (laughs) and like (laughs) for an affordable price And also, I find that my feelings about it depend on whether it seems like the person practicing whatever kind of fortune telling or psychic or what have you, if they seem like they believe it or if it seems like a very much a cynical sort of a game. Yeah, I mean, I think about that, too. And I mean, I guess because there are cultures where, you know, like, quote unquote, fortune telling or predicting the future or signs like are just a bigger part of it. Um, and like, I remember growing up, like I'm sure at least one of my grandmothers believed in this stuff and probably watched the lady that we're going to talk about on TV, which I vaguely remember. Um, I remember her. Oh yeah. Oh, she's on TV a lot. She's on TV a lot. (laughs) I guess we should just say it. So, uh, this was actually suggested. I was going to do another ye olde ancient world um, focused on women, but I have to get a book from the library and it, it's not going to come in for a few days. So I was like, what am I going to do? And we actually had a suggestion. First a of all, s- I love that because it's like, <laughs> we're not just Googling. Like we're actually going and looking <laughs> right. for resources. Like we're in the library. We're, ki- we're kicking it. We're kicking it. Old not only not only did I go to the library. I, well, actually, I made Christopher enter library loan the book for me because our library didn't have it. So that's why it's taking longer because it was you. I could buy a copy, but it was like 50 bucks. And I love this oh. show, but not that much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So um, Jessica wrote us a couple suggestions for things into our Facebook inbox, which we love when people give us suggestions. And one yes. of the people she suggested was Sylvia Brown, celebrity psychic uh, who passed away several years ago um, and who uh, Jessica actually had a reading for uh, from at one point, which was complete bullshit. 
And she mentioned that that uh, something I didn't know, which was that Sylvia Brown had her own church that she started along the way. I did not know that. I know. So I was like, well, this is perfect. And there's tons. And so let's get right into it. But I do remember my grandmother, one of them watching, um, you know, Larry King and Montel Williams and Sylvia Brown. Montel. A a staple on both. Montel was her man. She took Montel for a ride. Oh, yeah. He like legit. He really honestly believed everything that she said. He issued a statement when she died. And, and yeah, and, and although there is a quote from him, um, we'll talk about this a little bit, but John Ronson wrote this great piece about her, um, in the late 2000s where he went on a, one of her cruises. And, uh, but he was, <laughs> he had found an interview with Montel Williams. That was basically like, why do you have Sylvia Brown on? And he was like, she's hilarious. And, you know, John Ronson's like, it's not hilarious when you, like, tell people that they are... Um, that they're gifted and they can see. Or yeah. that their kids are... Their dead kids are alive or yeah, that's what not have you. Hilarious. Um, but at any rate, so Sylvia Brown was born in Kansas City. Her for, Her original last name was Shoemaker which probably she wouldn't have been as famous if she went by Sylvia Shoemaker. Uh, her dad held a bunch of different jobs. She was raised mostly Catholic. All right, so she claimed that she started seeing visions at age three. That's part of her personal mythology. And honestly, when I was looking at her story about her background, it really does remind me of a cult leader because she has some of the hallmarks of things that we've seen before, right? This... I was special from a young age. I have special history in my family. Um, and that she had this psychic spirit guide and could talk to angels. Basically, um, she starts claiming that she's seen visions. When she's talked about this, sometimes in interviews, she's like, I was really freaked out when I started seeing dead people. You know, thank goodness my grandmother was also a psychic. And she apparently just, you know, guided her on how to use it. So she's privately kind of doing psychic stuff um, for years and years. And she gets married and she claims that they can trace their lineage of psychics back to 300 years in their family. So she moves to California in 1964. And she was, I guess, giving private readings at this point. I don't know what she was doing, you know, for money. I don't know that it was a full-time job. But when she moves to California, she ends up, um, you know, starting a business and being more public about giving these readings and stuff. She builds this giant person. I mean, I really couldn't find a good um, profile that detailed how she kind of got into the TV game. So I'm very curious. It's kind of mysterious to me. I mean, I do feel like psychics were very kind of popular in the culture. And I think she was one of the first ones that took off. And maybe some of it was just um, that there were all these talk shows that needed time to fill, you know, and um, that sort of thing. So basically, she's she's out in California. At some point, she starts making TV appearances. Um, by the time it's... 2008 she's charging like 750 or 800 dollars for 20 to 30 minutes on the phone what yeah when she died she had a several years long waiting list for telephone readings i know (laughs) 
So, um, so she's on these TVs, and one of the thing that was one of the things that was really disturbing about the readings that she would do on TV because she would take calls, or people in the audience could ask her things. And, um, you know, one of the things we've talked about before is the dangers of giving bad medical advice. So she was a queen of this, right? She loved to diagnose people or suggest that people get, uh, tests. Um, the, uh, she would often get into it with, uh, the amazing Randy, James Randy. And he, uh, she told him he was going to have a heart attack on, on Larry King once. Um, when he was sort of trying to get her to take his challenge and prove that she was really a psychic. But the thing that she was, so she claimed she had a spirit guide named Francine since she was a child. And Francine could tell her all sorts of things. She claimed she had seen heaven, heaven, angels. She claimed that she could talk to dead people. You're kind of over the top, run of the mill. Like, how did this person get such traction? You know what I mean? But. But on the other hand, then it's, I don't know, it's not surprising to me at this point. So she founds this thing called the Nirvana Foundation for Psychic Research in How 1974. Dare she? How dare she use that name? <laughs> That's where they took their name. No, I'm just kidding. Don't even joke like that. <laughs> I know. So she, and she wrote more than 50 books and we'll, we'll hit the highlights of some of those titles because, um, there's something else. And a lot of them were bestsellers. Um, and actually, uh, according to one of the, um, obituaries, I read 22 of her books. So that's like half of the books she wrote were New York Times bestsellers. It's stuff like that that seriously makes me question the whole New York Times bestseller lists. <laughs> so she was, she embraced, she had a huge Facebook following. Like her Facebook page still has a, a bajillion likes. Um, she liked to post videos. Uh, including one that in 2012 she made a video. This is a year before she died to put people, uh, to, to calm people down who thought the world might end on December 12th. And she, this is a quote from that video. Although I do believe that the world will sustain itself, I don't believe we're going to be here after about 95 years. People get very concerned about that, but it's not going to be some type of horrible monster coming out of the sea and eating you or tearing your flesh off and throwing people down into a pit of hell. A loving God would not, a loving God would not do that to anybody. You have to think logically. <laughs> I do love, there is a very, if you listen to videos, I listened to a couple audio clips of her. Mm -hmm. She has a very like kind of old school smokers voice. Uh, yeah. Oh, I remember like yeah. the grand dame. And, you know, she is kind of funny and was a character, obviously, um, so you can kind of see like why she made good TV. On the other hand, it's, you've got vulnerable people and she has this sort of, she could be soft, but she also has this kind of off-putting, I think. She's abrasive. Yeah. Yeah. She was abrasive. Yeah, definitely. Um, so John Ronson did this piece for The Guardian in 2007, which was one of the, one of the moments when I think criticism of her really started to build. So one thing that she got involved in, and from what I've read, it was mostly families of missing kids would come to her rather than the other way around. Um, actually, apparently that is very common. Like if, if there are news stories about a kid being missing <laughs> or something, 
psychics. Of course, because you're desperate. Like, well, but psychics will come out of the woodwork to offer right. their services to of the course, parents. Because they're, they're, they're preying on desperate Exactly. Hoping people. they'll get something right. Yeah. And then, um, so this was one of her biggest claims to fame was that she claimed she had assisted in all of these cases. But wasn't um, it like there's no proof that that actually happened? Oh, it's even worse. All right. So let's just, let's just visit a couple from this John Ronson piece of, um, of things that she said. So on Montel, there was a six year old named Opal Joe Jennings who had been snatched from her grandparents in Texas while she was outside with her cousin. This guy pulls up, grabs her, tosses her in his truck, um, hits her when she screams and drives off. And so the grandmother goes on Montel. And says, and I quote, this is too much for me and my family to handle. We want her back. I need to know where Opal is. I can't stand this. I need your help, Sylvia. Where is Opal? Where is she? Sylvia's response was, she's not dead. But what bothers me? Now, I've never heard of this before. But she was taken and put into some kind of a slavery thing and taken into Japan. Wait, this is what she told the family? On Montel. The place is Kukuro. Yeah, she's nuts. Kukuro, Montel says, after like taking this in. So she was taken and put on some kind of a boat or plane and taken into white slavery is the response. And the grandmother is just like, what? So eventually they find this child's body buried in Fort Worth, Texas. And um, basically the conclusion was she had been murdered the night she went missing. This guy, Richard Lee Franks, was convicted. Um, probably one of the most famous, not the most famous anymore, but the most famous when he wrote this piece was a kid named Sean Hornback. And, um, this Sean Hornback had disappeared in 2002. He was 11 while riding a bike to see his friend in Missouri. And so four months into searching, they go on Montel to get Sylvia Brown to help them. And the mom asks whether he's still with them. And Sylvia says, no. The mom breaks down. Uh, Sylvia tells her that Sean is buried beneath two jagged boulders. Fuck. And then in 2007, Sean's found alive and well, living with his alleged abductor, Michael Devlin, in Kirkwood, Missouri. Um, this became like headline news. And, uh, you know, the parents were obviously like one of our lowest ebbs in all of this was when Sylvia Brown told us yeah. our kid was dead. And then what happened with the girl again? I'm sorry. She, they found her body. She was dead. She was killed immediately, basically. And then let's see, there's another one that's terrible as well. Um, that's just like so high profile. So 2013, this is, you know, the year that she dies. Um, she had announced the death of this uh, woman named Amanda Berry, this girl um, in 2004. Why does that name uh, sound familiar? Oh, it, you, you'll know in a second. Okay. Um, when she went on William's show and um, Barry's mother, Luana Miller, um, and told her that she was in heaven and on the other side and that her last words were, goodbye, mom, I love you. Miller died a year later, the mom. So uh, basically in 2013, this was one of the women who escaped from that house in Cleveland where she and two okay. other women yeah, had yes, been held captive. Right. The yep. thing that inspired um, Kimmy Schmidt. Yes. Yeah. And so that was so she's been not just wrong, but like incredibly wrong um, about all of these things. And um, her there actually was a 
And and you know, the thing is, the police would have to follow up on these things. Like, right. I mean, you know, there's a there's so a not real only is she callous, giving people right either false hope or false yeah drag, despair yeah, but she's also creating more work for police that costs money. Do you yeah. know how much money it costs every time somebody has to like call nine one one? Right, right. A lot. Yeah, it costs a lot. And so uh, there actually was an investigation that was done by uh, Brill's content, um, and the Skeptical Inquirer did. There, various people have done investigations of her to see if they could find a single case where she had proved accurate. There are at least. Uh, 25 cases, documented cases that she's wrong about, including those three that we just talked about. Um, there's another like hundred or so where you really can't tell, but I mean, they're like all egregious. I mean, they're all like she's completely wrong. So in addition to giving people bad medical advice, or she would also do these, one of the things that's most disturbing in the John Ronson piece, because they didn't know he was on the cruise at first. And so he gets to go see her lectures a couple times and she would allow people that she chose at random to ask one question. These are people who've paid thousands of dollars to come on this cruise and they don't even all get like readings or contact with her. Right. They get a chance to ask a question. And so like somebody would get up and be like, my husband killed himself, you know, like, why or you know like what can you tell me like is he in a good place now or and she'd be like well your husband was schizophrenic and then like you know the reporter would go talk to the people later and and they would be like no that wasn't it you know i mean like just completely wrong and sort of mean things to say um frankly in a lot of cases um i mean it's just it's strange because i think we all think of I wonder if she got a little bit of false credibility sometimes because she gave negative predictions in addition to positive ones. Um, and one of her ex-husbands, her first, she had four husbands, um, one of whom did some prison time for uh, a little con job that we'll talk about in a second. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember the Sago mine disaster, by the way? Vaguely. So she made some comments about that. There were all those miners trapped underground. Um and so she like makes again makes opposite you know prediction while on TV you know while their their rescue attempts are going on um it's just like obviously doesn't care about people who are in pain um yeah. so she was married several times um one of her husbands there was a, for a long time it no longer exists there was a website apparently called stop sylvia um, and her, one of her ex-husbands gave an interview with it where he said that she had, that he knew that she was bilking people intentionally and that she had once said to him something along the lines of anyone who's gullible enough to believe this stuff, you know, deserves to get taken. Um, so during the eighties, late eighties, this was a very active period for her. During the late 80s, local authorities and the FBI began investigating her and her businesses over some bank loans. Um, in 1992, she and her then-husband, Kinzel Dalzell Brown, get indicted on charges of investment fraud and grand theft. Uh, they had apparently sold securities in a gold mining venture under false pretenses. 
And according to the to Wikipedia, in at least one instance, they told a couple that their twenty thousand dollar investment was to be used for immediate operating costs. Instead, it was transferred to the Nirvana Foundation for Psychic Research. Brown uh, pleaded no contest to securities fraud and was given probation. And she then added the E to her name, that her husband's name was Brown without an E, and that's when she added the E to her name. She got 200 years of of community service. but 200 the, years community service? Oh, 200 hours, 200 hours. Oh, I was like, What? 200 yeah, years. She's still serving. No, I was like, she's that makes no sense. From beyond the grave, she's serving. She's the last person I'd want serving anything. I know. So also in the late 80s is when she founded her church. Um, and I don't know if it was related to these legal problems or not. The timing sure seems fishy. So she founds this church called Nova Spiritus. It's a Gnostic Christian church. It was originally called the Church of Nova Spiritus, and then at some point they changed it to the Society of Nova Spiritus. They haven't done a great job of updating their website since she died, um, but they do still seem to exist because on her website, which we'll talk about in a sec, there is still like stuff to their prayer circle. And um, what is really striking as you look through this, so they have some wacky beliefs. It's basically a version of Gnostic Christianity, but it's also very much like she was the head of this church and it's to share what she's been told by her spirit guide. They did not believe that Christ was like a savior. Um, they don't think that he was a God or died from their sins or that he rose from the dead. Um, they had these things about God, the male and God, the female. Uh, there's a lot of stuff about her readings and uh, how you could get readings by paying on the website. Um, she believed that, or they believe that there's no Satan, no hell, no sin, no guilt. This is like such a, this is such a cliche to wrap your religion around, but literally their bolded thing where it's telling the story of Novus, as they call it, is take what you like and leave the rest behind. <laughs> uh, so there's tons of stuff on this website. By the way, that expression, <laughs> yeah. that's taken from like... Um, from Eastern, of course philosophy. it is, right? Yeah. It's just like a little bit of. I know that, like, they use that in Buddhism. They use it in a couple. Let's yoga. just, yeah. I mean, it's just like yeah. let's take a little bit from this. One thing that cracked me up, though, is that I was clicking through like all these links about the detailed history and readings and evil and prayer and reincarnation and thoughts from Sylvia. But if you click, and there was something called rules, and I thought, well, this will be interesting. It'll be like commandments. Do you know what it actually is? What? It's the rules uh, for the connect with Montel and Sylvia sweepstakes oh, <laughs> in 2005. God. She also taught hypnosis classes using this organization and ta- and trained pre- uh, preachers or ministers, supposedly. Hypnosis and regressions. So we're not surprised because she also believes in past lives. I mean, this website is its just the same kind of garbage that we've seen a billion times, you know, like meaningless sorts of buzzwords. I don't understand. And- <laughs> I don't understand how. And this is something I think about a lot. Like when people go to a psychic, like there's no 
body. There's no like organization that is responsible for them. No. And I read an interview There's with no her governing- at one point where she said, yeah. be quick, careful about going to people with cheap card tables. Make sure you're going to someone licensed. And I wanted to scream at the screen. There's not a real There's thing, no though. license. Yeah, there's no licensing. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's like, you can't just go and say that you're a priest or a rabbi. Yeah. Like, you actually have to right. you know, study for years and then take, you know, an oath or your sacrament before you can actually be considered, you know, it's like you can't just go to a church. Well, I mean, you can, but like, right. It's not legally a church or considered a religion if it hasn't like, I mean, and even that's a little fucking shady too, but yeah, but there's like less, there's absolutely nothing. Like if people had this, this ability, this power that's so strong and so poignant, wouldn't there be some way to kind of like, govern the legitimate people from the charlatans yeah there and there isn't because it's yeah. it's bullshit well and and what is particularly interesting to me and the thing is no one ever because there was so much else to write about with her right with these high profile cases that she got wrong and the terrible things that she did to these families that no one really explored this church angle has ever really written about it um, but it's very clear if you click through that this was yet another way for them to like there's a whole like page buried in here about spiritual salon seminars, the ministers of the church. That's just more multi-level marketing, right? Because, you know, they weren't doing them for free. They're doing sessions on how to contact angels and spirit guides, hypnosis, cell memory and past life regression. And they're using her books. So it's yet another form to sell the books, right? Yeah. I mean, there's just like, there's just so much. And so one of the interesting things is if you go to her website now, even though she died in 2013, one of her kids is um, carrying on her legacy. He's having a sale right now. So through Halloween, you could get a reading with him for $30 for only a hundred bucks instead of the two hundred it usually costs. What a deal! What a deal! Uh, there's also a clip on her website. The reason I where she's saying the reason I do what I do is for God, and so I just find it very, I find it very disturbing that there is this that she's tried to set herself up as a spiritual teacher and was just using it as yet another way to take money, right? Because she can't be everywhere. I mean, it just seems very obvious that's what she was doing. And so on her website, you can not just schedule readings. You can also buy jewelry. They have a spiritual jewelry collection. Of course they do. Uh, You can also buy memorabilia about her, a coffee mug with her face on it, and T-shirts. Oh, my God. Among other things. So her son, Chris Dufresne, is is now carrying this torch and has been on TV, has had a couple New York Times bestsellers himself. And also, there are Yelp reviews of both mom and son. Oh, my God. <laughs> which I'm going to share some of the best with you now. <laughs> oh, my God, please do. When I, when I discovered this this morning, I was like, oh, my God, of course, psychics are reviewed on Yelp. Uh, they only have 2.5 stars, um, 14 reviews for their supernatural readings. 
Let's see. Here's one of the earliest ones uh, from 2011. Someone I had a reading with Sylvia many years ago, and she convinced me that it was just a matter of time until a man I had broken up with would be back in my life, marry me, and I would have his child. Never happened, and she strung me along with false hope for a full year before and after the breakup. When I asked for a partial refund on the misleading readings, one of her workers told me, you are an irritant. Never contact Sylvia again. And so this woman spent this woman spent like thousands of dollars apparently, and uh, and so this just goes on and on. This is a good one. Uh, Melissa L from Los Angeles in 2012 said, "This is supposed to be one of the most famous psychics in the U.S. For anyone out there that's interested in getting reading from Sylvia Brown's son, I will tell you my experience for 15 minutes and 250 dollars later." He was an ego-driven individual that has absolutely no idea how to be personable if it hit him in the head. He is in the business of telling people their future, and after he does the quickest run-through, he asks if you have any other questions. (laughs) If you ask a question that is contrary to what you've just been told, he will literally reach through the phone and slap your hand. I don't think that that's true. (laughs) I don't think just, uh, yeah, that's not what literally means, (laughs) but... This it like goes on and on. And I would on. love to see like what some of their other ratings are for other psychics. I know. Well, there are others that are suggested when you go to the. Um, let's see. There's one more good, and then there's just a bunch of people. They're just tragic stories. As the news just came out a few days ago about the three abducted girls, I knew she is a scam artist. A few years ago, one of my coworkers called the center, paid $300 with her son, and had a reading. Very cold and strange reading. I just Googled her and saw she is a convicted criminal. <laughs> People beware. My brother was friends with Sylvia's son in high school through their mid-20s. Sylvia didn't like my brother. She thought he was a bad influence, which may have been true. At a party, she was telling people various things that would happen to them in their lives, stuff like they would fall in love soon, they would have a large family, they would have a satisfying career. She told my brother his infant son would die young. (gasps) What kind of horrible person would say something like that? Oh, my God. Let's see. I'll do one more. I had a reading with Sylvia Brown in 1999. Every single thing she told me was wrong. Every single thing thing now that takes talent how can anyone get it all wrong all the time i mean even if you pull something out of a hat you're bound to hit on something but no i paid 500 dollars for a half hour with hour with her and got nothing out of it she was a yeah, successful and I'm sorry, like the majority of these people that are spending this money i know they cannot afford no. a 500 dollar half hour reading they can't they, they can't, can't. um <laughs> the, actually one more this one i love um Miss Brown and her son were wrong on my readings, predictions. They told me I would have good health. I ended up with multiple sclerosis. <laughs> my relationship was good. My girlfriend and I parted in a few months. Then I worked for a great company. I was laid off in three months. This cost me $1,000 for the reading by Sylvia and then $700 oh for her son. And then one of them says, had a reading, scare quotes by Chris. Nothing true. On the tape, there was so much background noise from whatever he was doing. It sounded like housework. It was distracting. Oh, I went back through God. the tape in pure bunk, requested money back, and was ignored so many times I gave up. Now, there are some five-star reviews, but they're just like, we love you, you're great. I, I just find it really sad that obviously this is somebody who managed to have a big, long career, like... And, you know, who, despite it being debunked and there being all these stories about her being wrong, 
you know, I mean, one of the things John Ronson says is even though she's supposed to be kind of on the wane at that point, she has no problem filling this cruise with thousands, you know, people who paid thousands of dollars to be there. There are reviews of other psychics on here, but I did oh God, love, yeah, that, I really want to go down a rabbit hole of, of, um, of just of wait, psychic reviews on Yelp. <laughs> Is there anything? I, was, I wanted to see if the church Satan had a Yelp review. Oh, <laughs> um, well, so one thing that I found that we definitely need to look into um, is uh-huh. that there was an interview with her where she was shit talking somebody named, I love this, Jay-Z Knight. Jay-Z stands for Judy Zebra, um, who is apparently another new age teacher that channels a spiritual entity named Ramtha and whose school of enlightenment has been called a cult. Including by <gasps> oh well we're yeah. obviously gonna have to look into including that. by Sylvia Brown her. so yeah Judy Zebra come on oh now, yeah that name. yeah I mean it looks that great there's that's the one thing that we've learned doing this show is that everything every cult leads to another cult <laughs> Judy Zebra Judy Zebra come on oh I know she gave herself that name by the way and the oh I know and it sounds like she's <gasps> oh my god oh my god oh my god insane. she's worked with uh Linda Evans and Shirley MacLaine oh I know that I mean I knew Shirley MacLaine is like <laughs> yeah. big into psychic yeah yeah so oh my god well, you gotta do this one you gotta yeah. do this one oh my god I'm all over soon. this this is amazing <laughs> it's amazing I actually made a note in my notes which is Cher is gonna love this person <laughs> Yeah. Well, wait, hold on. Speaking of, so Cher, my namesake, uh, <laughs> she didn't she do infomercials for her psychic? Did she? Well, oh, so one of the things I went back and revisited because there was a, it came up that Madame Cleo. Oh had my it. God, there's a psychic named Cher. I almost oh. want to like, <gasps> I almost want to contact her. <laughs> what psychic Cher. Like? That's her name. Psychic Cher. Psychic Cher. Amazing. This website is atrocious. Oh my goodness. She's in South Africa. Welcome to Psychic Share. Share believes we all have the potential to improve our lives. All we need are the answers to do so. Share uses a vision with soul into the three dimensional spirit, mental, physical, spiritual. She connects with her third eye, clairaudience, and clairvoyance ability to tap into her various dimensions of the spirit and psyche. <laughs> world to answer your question. She apparently rides a Harley uh, or she has a picture of a Harley. She also has a quote from Rock and Osho. Roll saved my soul. What does she have? She a has Osho? Yeah, of course she, she has, does. She has a quote from Osho with Cher's uh, visions and what uh, someone's face. I, it doesn't look like her face, but she has two quotes yeah, from I Osho. <laughs> this is amazing. She's, a, she's, she's besmirching your good name. Um, no, I mean, that's I hilarious. That's amazing. I want to get in touch with her. <laughs> but the fact that she has to use Psychic Share SA because she's in South Africa right. leads me to believe there's another Psychic Share with that domain. I love it when they just make up words. Like, what is Claire Audience? That's it's not nothing. a word. It's not anything. It's, it's not, not a, a thing. word. This is amazing. There's a psychic share in the U.S. as well. Oh, so one of the one of the things that I revisited for this. So Madame Cleo uh, or Miss Cleo, Miss Cleo. I remember Miss Cleo. Call me now. Yeah, was asked, uh, and she, she, you know, she passed away a couple years ago. And Bennett Madison, who is one of my very favorite um, YA writers, but who also writes um, essays sometimes, and they're always a treat. Um, and he wrote an essay about the time that he spent being a 
end of the hotline, Miss Cleo phone actor was what it was advertised as a job for. Shut up. And how eventually he just felt like kind of skeezy about it and stopped doing it. But it's one of my favorite pieces by him. It's, it's in the New York Times. I went back and looked at it. But at any rate, Miss Cleo did not see the death of Sylvia Brown coming. And I should tell you, neither did Sylvia Brown, who once predicted <laughs> her own death would be at like 88 um, instead of 77 on live TV. And well, she got the double numbers right. And she <laughs> was, and she was buried. In a lavender coffin. I'm fascinated by the fact that there's multiple psychics named Cher out there. I, have to, <laughs> I feel like I have to talk to them you all. Missed a, you missed a pat. You missed a it's pat. It's just amazing to me that there that somebody owns the domain Psychic Share, which is why this woman has to use Psychic Share SA. And then apparently there's a Psychic Share USA, but she hasn't tweeted wow. since 2009. And the, she hasn't tweeted since 2009 so, and the domain is gone. I'm so, so fascinated when people disappear. Like the son, Sylvia Brown's son, it was, he hasn't updated his website since like 2017. So it's like, I know you're still out there because you're running a current sale on your mom's domain. But like, you know, people update your websites. There are a lot of psychics named Cher. Cher Nell. Also Char. Welcome to the official site of internationally renowned intuitive medium, Char Margolis. Well, she has a very fancy website and she, her name was probably Charlotte. She looks a lot like, um, she looks a lot like Sylvia Brown, actually. And she's a Larry King. She's another Larry King. Larry King. What are you doing? All right. Well, that was fascinating. (laughs) Sylvia Brown sucks. Um, yeah. Sucked. Sucked. Present and past tense. Um, but yeah, I my opinion on psychics is still not a good one. No. I <laughs> Sorry mean, to all my friends that believe in them and go to them. I, I just find it sad that someone is such a con artist that even That's the thing that bothers me. Because it's like if people are coming to you, they're coming to you because they feel lost. Right. Something in their life is unfinished or they they need answers to and they've gotten to a point where they're like, I'm going to spend all this money and give it to a total stranger because I don't I I have lost my own North Star and I need some random person yeah. to act as a North Star for me. And I think just the whole fucking concept of that is so damaging and it's so fucked up because they know they know that they're full of shit. Well, they know it, they're full it, of shit. And it really makes me sad that she never... I mean, I'm I'm never surprised. Like we know, we've seen these gurus. Yeah. They don't they don't wake up and and be like, oh, I was a dirtbag, and these people are are you know just just wrong. I mean, it's very rare, right, yeah. for people to become crusaders against it. And but I find it very sad that there's someone who's still continuing this legacy even after she's dead. Of course, um, you know. <sighs> well. If you but, <laughs> have gone to a psychic or have or left a Yelp review for a psychic or if you ever went to Sylvia Brown or know anybody yeah. who did. Well, so the person who wrote us, us did. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The person who, who wrote about, us in about this went to her. So and I'm sure lots of people did. Because Yeah. So I want to I want to hear more about those. Yeah. Let us and, know um, what 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 did she get wrong or did she get something right? Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway. you can always email us yeah. at cultfavespodcast at gmail or find us on social media on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at cultfaves. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.